Hello and welcome to Walking with the Tengu, a podcast exploring classic texts for the modern martial artist. I really appreciate that each and every one of you has chosen to join me on this walk. Let's take another look at a parable from the Zhuangzi, this one being from the part called The Outer Chapters. I'll forego getting into anything about Zhuangzi, the author or the work, as I've covered that plenty in the prior Zhuangzi episodes. Check them out if you haven't already. Let's just get into the story today. Gongsun Mo leaned forward on his stool, drew a long breath, looked up to heaven, smiled, and said, Have you not heard of the frog of the dilapidated well, and how it said to the turtle of the eastern sea, How I enjoy myself! I leap upon the parapet of this well, I enter, and having by means of the projections formed by the fragments of the broken tiles of the lining, proceeded to the water. I draw my legs together, keep my chin up, and strike out. When I have got to the mud, I dive till my feet are lost in it. Then, turning round, I see that of the shrimps, crabs, and tadpoles, there is not one that can do like me. Moreover, when one has entire command of all the water in the gully, and hesitates to go forward, it is the greatest pleasure to enjoy oneself here in this dilapidated well. Why don't you, master, often come and enter, and see it for yourself? The turtle of the eastern sea was then proceeding to go forward, but before he had put in his left foot, he found his right knee caught and held fast. On this he hesitated, drew back, and told the frog all about the sea, saying, A distance of a thousand li is not sufficient to express its extent nor would a line of eight thousand cubits be equal to sound its depth. In the time of you, for nine years out of ten, the flooded land all drained into it, and its water was not sensibly increased. And in the time of Thang, for seven years out of eight, there was a drought, but the rocks on the shore saw no diminution of the water because of it. Thus it is that no change is produced in its waters by any cause operating for a short time, or long, and that they do not advance nor recede for any addition or subtraction, whether great or small, and this is the great pleasure afforded by the eastern sea. When the frog of the dilapidated well heard this, he was amazed and terror-struck, and lost himself in surprise. And moreover, when you, who have not wisdom enough to know where the discussions about what is right and what is wrong should end, still desire to see through the words of Zhuangzi that is like employing a mosquito to carry a mountain on its back, or a millipede to gallop as fast as the hoe runs, tasks to which both the insects are sure to be unequal. Still further, when you who have not wisdom enough to know the words employed in discussing very mysterious subjects, yet hasten to show your sharpness of speech, on any occasion that may occur, is not this being like the frog of the dilapidated well? And that Zhuangzi now plants his foot on the yellow springs below the earth, and then rises to the height of the heavens. Without any regard to south and north, with freedom he launches out in every direction, and is lost in the unfathomable. Without any regard to east and west, starting from what is abysmally obscure, 
he comes back to what is grandly intelligible. All the while, you, sir, in amazement, search for his views to examine them, and grope among them for matter of discussion. This is just like peeping at the heavens through a tube, or aiming at the earth with an awl. Are not both the implements too small for the purpose? Go your ways, sir. So, you might have heard some version of this story at some point in your life. It seems to be one that I've seen adapted into any number of children's book versions. We've got a frog who lives in a well. He's the biggest, strongest, and fastest thing in there, and he enjoys every moment of his little world. Everything he needs is there. Everything is just right. For him, anyway. One day, a turtle comes by. The frog invites him in, telling him about how great it is in his broken-down well. So after trying to get a leg or two in unsuccessfully, the turtle proceeds to tell the frog about the ocean. The frog, we can presume, is unaware of anything outside of his little well. That is the world he's always known. The turtle is telling him about things he's never seen, and likely will never see because they're beyond his abilities. In an earlier section of these outer chapters, there is a part that touches on this topic, so let me read that now. A frog in a well cannot be talked with about the sea. He is confined to the limits of his hole. An insect of the summer cannot be talked with about ice. It knows nothing beyond its own season. A scholar of limited views cannot be talked with about the Tao. He is bound by the teaching which he has received. Now you have come forth from between your banks and beheld the great sea. You have come to know your own ignorance and inferiority and are in the way of being fitted to be talked with about great principles. Of all the waters under heaven, there are none so great as the sea. In short, we don't know what we don't know. There was a time when you could find people on this earth who had never heard of ice. It just didn't exist in their part of the world. How would you describe it to them? Water that becomes hard like a rock, but it can be cut and shaved? Water that can be broken into shards? Imagine if I told you there was a place where this happened to, I don't know, the wind. I would sound like a crazy person. Yet, because ice is something each of us have in our quote-unquote well, it isn't so crazy to conceive of. Now, this story is a parable, so it can be a trap to try and too closely map it to reality. The key is to use the story as a way to illustrate the principle and then to reapply the principle to our own lives. Each and every one of us live in a well. Some wells are bigger or smaller than others. Each has their so-called ecosystems. In the martial arts world, this once confined martial systems too. Your only choices for training was what was being taught near to you. To a certain degree, this is still true today. The arts and styles I have trained in are largely influenced by what was available near me, in my own little well. The difference today is that it is easier for us to be aware of the turtle's so-called sea due to technology. You and I are able to read books, see pictures, and watch videos of other styles. Once upon a time, we had to actually travel to other wells to even do that. Now, you can make a plan and travel to another well yourself to try and find what you're looking for, with intent, and a reasonable chance of success. The principle to be gleaned from the story, though, is first and foremost, in my mind that we need to stay aware of the fact that we can't even conceive of that which we're not even aware exists. 
We have only a small look into all that happens, even in our little corner of the world, let alone in the rest of the world and whatever else is out there. So when someone comes along describing something crazy like ice, remember, we might just be the so-called summer insect who never lives long enough to see winter. As Zhuangzi states, you can't talk to a person about big things if their views are constrained by the limits of their learning. Thus, the beginning of wisdom starts with, I don't know. I suspect a lot of people see this as a sign of weakness. I recall seeing this as a child in adults. Very few were willing to say something as simple as, I don't know, let's find out. It's only gotten worse as I've grown older. The older people are, the more comfortable, I suspect, they become at thinking they know everything they need to know. If asked, of course, they'll say they don't know everything. But I've begun to use the marker of saying I don't know as a measure of how much a person, including myself, is really growing. Unless we are saying I don't know with some kind of regularity, I would question how much we're truly pushing ourselves to grow. This is why we should be patient with people who still need to do some growing. If they're constrained in their little well then that is something we should be able to relate to. Notice the turtle doesn't force the frog out of his well. On the other hand, the turtle's words spark amazement and wonder in the frog. I like to think that one day the frog took a journey to see this mythical-sounding ocean that the turtle told him of. Each of us can simultaneously be the frog and the turtle, usually more of the frog than the turtle. We should search for the barriers of our well and try to expand it. We should be willing to push beyond our comfortable boundaries into the scary unknown. We should listen to the turtles when they happen to come by and tell us things that seem contradictory or impossible. Then we should go investigate these things for ourselves. As Socrates put it, the only true wisdom is in knowing you know nothing. Or as Epictetus said, it is impossible for someone to learn what they think they already know. If you think you already know everything you need to know about the martial arts, your eyes will be closed to what you don't even know exists, or have misunderstood, or have wrongly categorized. Though looking, you will not see. Though hearing, you will not listen. Thus we carry our misconceptions as truths in our little dilapidated well. Even though we may find, in the context of the greater world, there may be things we cannot even conceive of yet. I'm reminded of what Kongze, that is Confucius, wrote. By three methods, we may learn wisdom. First, by reflection, which is noblest. Second, by imitation, which is easiest. And third, by experience, which is the bitterest. Perhaps the frog could have reflected on the limits of his well, peeked over the edge and realized all on his own that he had only seen a small part of the world. This would be reflection. Or perhaps, as we heard in the story, we could listen to the turtle, and listening to his words understand that there's a lot more out there. This would be imitation. Or, worst case scenario, the frog could have left his well. Maybe because he chose to, or maybe because one day it was destroyed. Let's imagine someone came along and filled it in because they didn't want a child falling into the well. Then, the frog could have taken the long truck to the ocean, braving predators, drought and desert, lack of food and water, until he finally saw the ocean for himself. This, as Kongza put it, is the bitterest method. It is the hardest and the most dangerous, but this is, in my experience, the path most people choose. 
They have to see it for themselves. They have to experience all the pain and the suffering before understanding the lessons that their elders tried to teach them in their youth were true. There's another more subtle lesson here in my estimation as well, that of the size of the well and the size of the turtle. The well was just the right size for the frog, while it was unmanageably small for the turtle. Maybe your well is the right place for you at the moment. You may outgrow the well at some point and need to move on, but for now, it may also be the right place and environment for you to learn and grow. And that's okay. The problem, according to Zhuangzi, is thinking that's all there is. So, if you are in an art, and you realize there's more out there, that doesn't necessarily mean it's time for you to leave just yet. Maybe you need to stay safe and grow a little bigger first. Just don't forget about the rest of the wide world out there. Assess where you are and when it is time. Maybe then you seek out a larger well or maybe even the ocean. Your art is a well, and learn from it what you can. Maybe all you'll ever need is there. But be honest about that. Don't think the well is the entire world. All there is to be found in reality. Recognize that the well is good enough for you and that there may be some things you'll never get to train or only see from afar. There are plenty of arts I'd love to train. But there are just not enough hours in the day. So I've always trained what was near me. Some people uproot their entire lives and move to places to train the system they want to learn. And that's some real dedication, and I have nothing but respect for people who dedicate themselves to their craft in that way. Those are the people who seek out a specific well and travel there to find something special. Maybe one day you wake up and find that you have become the turtle. You don't fit in the well quite so comfortably anymore. It seems small and tight-fitting. Well, maybe it's time for you to move on. That doesn't mean you reject everything about the well. It was good for you for the time that you lived and trained there, but now it's time to move on. Those lessons in that little well were what got you to where you are today. I've trained some things in my time that I can safely say probably had a bunch of falsehood mixed in with its good things. Could I have trained something better? Sure. But for where I was in that time, it was what I needed. I trained it, I learned from my own and their mistakes, and it got me on to the next well. So I wouldn't say it was time wasted, it served its purpose and I'm better for it. We may be little wells, or sorry, we may be little frogs in our well, growing bigger, thinking we've become a turtle, leaving our little run-down well to find what, that we are again an even smaller turtle in a very much larger ocean. Another way to put it is that often in training, you start off thinking there are 10 things to learn and master. When you learn those 10, then you find out there's actually 100. When you learn those 100, you then learn there's actually 1,000, and so on. We may outgrow our wells. We may find larger wells. But we'll never outgrow the ocean. There's just too much out there. So do well where you're at. Be aware there's a lot more out there. Than, you, than we can ever possibly conceive of or train. Don't be too attached to your little well, but appreciate it for what it is. Watch for those turtles who come by and tell you of things you may never see. And be ready to look on another little frog in his little dilapidated well with compassion and tell him of the ocean. One of the things I love about the Chinese language is that they have these things called chongyu, 
They're idioms made up usually of four or five characters, which encapsulate an idea and, at least in Chinese, often have a longer story that is based on it. We have idioms in English, phrases like wrap your head around it, under the weather, or that's the last straw. You know what these mean, but unless you've been taught it, trying to understand what standing underneath the weather or why a piece of straw matters or how you can literally wrap your head around something without killing yourself, well, it's challenging. These are the phrases we native English speakers take for granted that can be troublesome for people learning the language for the first time. Now, it's no surprise that there's a Chengyu for this Zhuangzi story about a frog in a well. Zhuojing Guan Tian. Let's take this apart character by character. Zhuo is to sit or to take a seat. Jing is a well. Guan. I think I got the tone wrong on that. Guan, to look at, to watch, or to observe, and then Tian, sky or heaven in this context. So literally, to sit in a well and look at the sky. Which, now that you know the story, would mean someone who is ignorant and narrow-minded. If I had told you the Chengyu at the beginning, and you didn't already know the story, well, perhaps if I had said that someone was sitting in a well and looking at the sky, it might not have meant as much. But now, the subtlety of this little phrase hopefully has more meaning for you. We could start using it for ourselves, as I think it makes just as much sense in English, or hopefully, perhaps, in whatever your native language is. To put it very directly, each of our martial styles is a well. Some are wider than others, but I've yet to come across one that really has, air quotes, everything. In fact, I would be highly suspicious of any art that claims it does have everything you might need to know. Spend your time in your current well. Get to know it deeply and intimately. Explore all its heights and depths like the little frog did in his little well. But always remember, there's a lot more out there. Things we may not even be able to conceive of or understand yet. Something that makes no sense now may make sense in a few years or even decades later. Even then, I highly doubt anyone can truly see everything there is. Existence is just too big, and we are too small. Like little frogs, we can't even imagine what the ocean is like so far away. Again, we have a little story with a profound lesson. The classics are full of these, though they're not always easy to understand or read on the surface. Spend some time, though, doing the hard work, and you'll find the turtle telling you of the ocean. As always, remember, don't just talk about philosophy, but like your martial art, live it.